Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Today on Savage, a beloved social justice Antifa activist is fatally stabbed in Brooklyn. We'll talk today about the very touching, loving way his friends have honored him and his quote-unquote legacy. And in Florida, men claiming to be non-binary in search of equal opportunity in the workforce have interrupted, no, invaded a tech job conference for women. We'll talk today about how the woke standards have once again revealed its absurdity against their very own. Leftism is a bus, folks, and we get another opportunity to poke at it today on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. This podcast is growing and I appreciate you and I appreciate that and I appreciate your return for yet another episode of The Savage Truth. My name is Cicely Davis out of Minneapolis. For those of you who are new to the podcast, so grateful after a congressional run to still be active in the political realm. It's important, truly, it's important to continue in the plight to keep America great, to keep America free and keep America free of tyranny. Please like, subscribe, support, listen, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and Spotify. Please listen, share, and leaving that positive review being the most important as we discuss a loss, a death, a murder in New York, Brooklyn specifically, of quote-unquote beloved social justice activist Ryan Carson. Now, before we get into this, I need to state something very clearly, very clearly. I am not, let me say that again, I am not in any way making light of the fact that someone lost their life. Because when someone loses their life, that means a family has lost someone, a loved one. And I value life greatly and truly. I value life. So I am by no means making light of the fact that family have lost a loved one and friends have lost a loved one and community has, you know, lost a friend um, and a community member. There are some cultural societal atrocities, however, surrounding this story that must be discussed. And we must at every turn point out the asinine and depraved agenda of wokeism in order to rid ourselves of it, one. And secondly, be able to recognize it for those who may not be paying attention or perhaps have become numb or immune or desensitized to it. So 32-year-old Ryan Carson was found with multiple stab wounds in his chest. He was taken to a local hospital where he did eventually succumb to those stab wounds and died. Authorities responded to a 911 call at Lafayette Avenue and Malcolm X Boulevard in Bedford Stewart's vent just before 4 a.m. last Monday, October 2nd. Carson dedicated his life to climate activism. He took to social justice work when his best friend died of a drug overdose. He embarked on a 500 mile march from Brooklyn to Buffalo to raise awareness for overdose prevention legislation. Now, quoting Mayor Eric Adams, who wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, Ryan Carson turned his passion into purpose. 
He advocated tirelessly for others, and his giving spirit was a buoy to all. His murder is unthinkable, and the NYPD won't rest until we bring him to justice. I'm praying for all those who knew and loved Ryan, end of quote. His friends and colleagues have vowed to continue his legacy, and that's what we're actually about to get into. Now, the 18-year-old who actually stabbed Ryan Carson was caught. Um, He was caught. He is now charged with murder. And his name is, again, 18-year-old Brian Dowling was arrested and charged with murder um, because at the time that this first broke out, they did not know. In fact, his girlfriend, Chloe, uh, misidentified the stabber. See, this actually happened right in front of Chloe, um, his girlfriend. They were both together. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the incidents and what's really surrounding this story because it's much bigger than someone losing their life. Now, as a Second Amendment enthusiast and believer myself, I have to point out a few things. I have to point this out. As a citizen and a rational thinking and common sense individual, I must point out just a few few things that I kind of picked up on here. First of all, You absolutely must at all times, folks, you absolutely must at all times use your head, be aware of your surroundings and keep yourself safe. This is basic life survival existence 101. What do I mean by this? And why do I say this? Well, because the woke, particularly white woke, who like to pretend that one, knowing and presenting the facts Two, protecting and defending yourself, your loved ones, and your property. And three, acknowledging the significance and necessity of the Second Amendment. Four, recognizing that stereotypes have a value when it comes to specific situations when applied with certain statistics and facts. Somehow deems you, labels you a racist rooted in white supremacy. It's called racial profiling. You're a white supremacist. In my case, I'm a black white supremacist. This is what they feel like when you do this, when you present the facts, when you know the facts, when you react to the facts, when you form your life around the facts um, and you react a certain way in society, you are deemed a racist. You see, the black male murderer, this 18-year-old who stabbed Carson, this hoodie-wearing individual was agitated. He was seen that morning kicking over mopeds and ranting and raving on the streets. Um, And he was carrying on and on in the streets. He was amping himself up. What you don't do is one, walk past a person that's doing that. You cross the street and you go in the opposite direction or at least go the opposite side of the street where this person is doing that. You certainly don't approach and you apply common sense. You don't just stand there. You don't try to rationalize with these people. You don't even talk to them or embrace them, okay? And you certainly don't try to calm them down saying chill or relax, okay? You can't talk them down. You're not a social worker. This just simply won't work. You certainly don't walk up to them and push them in the chest, especially when they're screaming, I will kill you, okay? 
This is just not smart. It's not safe for you or anyone that's with you. Do not try this. Do not attempt this. You get as far away as possible from that individual as quickly as possible in the safest place possible. And you recognize the importance of self-preservation and going home at the end of the day. Carson, however, chose to shove him in the chest, stare him down, and he believed in his own ability, perhaps through the veil of wokeism, that he could calm his agitated antagonist down. Again, he was screaming, I will kill you. That is a warning that this person is dangerous. Probably doesn't mean you any good. Probably has some kind of harmful intent. Okay. And in spite of the statistic of black male murders and attacks in New York specifically, not just United States at large, which in itself is a whole other statistic. I'm talking specifically the attacks by black males in New York. I, I, I don't know. This just simply doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. With the way the media chooses not to report, perhaps Carson didn't know the statistics. It's very possible, right? They certainly don't report the statistics. They don't tell the facts. So perhaps it's very possible that Carson did not know. But living in New York, I got to figure you know about the murders. You've heard about the violent incidents and, and women being attacked and old people being attacked and, you know, other black males by way of black males being attacked. I've said in a few episodes back, black males are responsible for 60 to 70% of murders and attacks and robberies, theft, etc. in New York. Again, as a black person myself, I hate, I hate, I really truly hate that statistic but it is a fact nonetheless. So in situations like these, you take the smart approach. You take the smart, proactive steps to protect yourself. If you don't like the stereotypes, then don't behave like it. Then they will go away, right? So if you believe that it's a stereotype that black males in hoodies are dangerous and they pose harm to individuals, and then you read a statistic about 60 to 70% of black males actually truly attacking other black males and women and young people and are participating in violent acts. And we see video after video of attacks and smash and grabs. If you don't like that statistic, then shut down the behavior. And that statistic, that stereotype will absolutely go away. It's just that simple. So here's the other kicker, because every article I read about this Carson, his friends and in the media, etc., they rave about Carson that he was so giving, so connected to the community and committed to doing good. And they are clearly naive about their own safety for the sake of anti-racism and inclusion. But there's no real mourning for this quote unquote, beloved humanitarian, you realize that leftists care about the notion of collectivism, right? The going along, not about life itself. There's no real value of life or a caring of life or human life or individuals, just the optics and the activism for the sake of gaslighting and virtual signaling. That's what collectivism is about. 
this whole woke ideology is really about the optics and what overall contributes to the story and the theory and how it pours into the ideology. I mean, Carson's death is just collateral damage. You know, in their eyes, it's still viewed, even though they miss their friend, quote unquote, and we'll talk about that in a second. He's really just collateral damage. Why do I say that? Well, it seems that his friends and colleagues have proven by their actions and how they choose to mourn Carson really kind of contributes to what I'm talking about. You see, collectivism is for the cause and the cause alone, and that's it. The value is placed on the optics, the activism, the grandstanding, how it contributes to the overall ideology, the riots, the vandalism, the shutting down of highways, invading spaces and interrupting speeches, right? It's cancel culture of individuals and businesses who don't show fear or acquiesce to their will. And they view their own as replaceable. Again, that collateral damage, like game pieces in for the sake of the cause. So his friends and colleagues set up a GoFundMe. Yes. His friends immediately, very, very soon, almost immediately after his death, set up a GoFundMe. Within hours of Ryan's death, his lefty friends set up a GoFundMe not to cover the costs of funeral expenses or donate to a charity in his name or to give to Carson's family, but, and get this, so that they could take off work. Truly to take off work, to skip work. And where am I getting that? Well, from his friends themselves in their very own words. Here's what they wrote on the GoFundMe page. And I quote, we are a collective of Ryan's close friends reeling from a brutal loss. We are asking for your help on behalf of his partner in easing the burden and stress of the horrifying situation so that we can have space and time to grieve and remember Ryan. Immediate needs are to offset the cost of working class people taking time off of work to properly mourn, end of quote. So they're asking the public to fund them, to fund their PTO, their paid time off from the public so that they can, from work, so that they can have vacation. They need vacation off work. They need time off of work. And sure, that in itself sounds reasonable, Actually, no, it doesn't in any way sound reasonable at all. They want to mourn their friend. No one actually has takes issue with that, but asking the public to fund their PTO so that they can vacation and properly mourn. Now, these folks are not relatives. They say they feel deeply for Ryan and they feel a deep sense of loss. And because of that, even though they're not relatives, They're asking the public to fund their PTO. This boils down to the cause, the optics, what's in it for me. This is the the real essence of collectivism. And when you boil these people down to their actual character, they tell on themselves every time. They actually reveal who they truly are, what their goals are. Um, And you see it all the time. It's so absurd. And you literally can't make this stuff up. So... All of you who have been tuning in for this very young podcast, 
you know that I struggle to decide who or what is worse for American society currently. As a black woman, an anti-feminist black woman, by the way, is it this whole idea or movement of black supremacy rooted in victimhood and revenge, hate and racism, where especially and particularly the black underclass can't and won't acknowledge that America is no longer a racist society, that we certainly are not more racist than we were 60, 70, 100 years ago, that the position of black Americans is a sum total of our own doing, and it's simply up to us to address, correct, and remedy our own problems? Or our cultural problems, it's all, it's up to us black people to uh, deal with our cultural problems. You know, is that notion, right? I still say, and I will continue to say it and I will not revert or pull back my statement. America owes no one an apology, including black Americans. Now you've certainly got plenty plenty of apologies from white liberals. I mean, they have been apologizing for slavery for the longest. I don't know how many more apologies you need. It's just simply not going to be enough. But there has been acknowledgement that slavery was bad. Slavery is a stain on American history, right? I mean, everyone knows this. Everyone acknowledges this. Everyone accepts this. Um, But it has been acknowledged. And it's just simply time to move on. Okay, so is it the black supremacist or is it white Marxist, progressive, communist, socialist wokes whose aim is to tear America down by way of its founding, by way of its culture, its constitution, its statues, its heroes and capitalism by stoking the emotional fires of the underserved, quote unquote. I hate that term, the underserved or minorities through race baiting and gaslighting issues. Who's worse? What's your take? I, I'd love to hear you. I don't know who's worse. I It's a constant tipping scale, right? One week I say it's one group and another week I say it's the other. And so there you have it. Last Monday, October 2nd, you have another dead wokey. He's another dead wokey. He's dead and inclusive. He is dead and tolerant with lefty principles of collectivism and an ideologue that Everyone is a human being and deserves respect. And so if you're listening and you're one of those people, you're one of those people who have that that idea, that ideologue, then just know that your fate is and will be the same. You'll be a high collector of progressive woke points, but injured or dead because you don't want to accept the facts about certain groups of people or society in general. And you will be another dead or injured person because you don't want to accept the facts and you want to take this, you know, inclusive approach and think that you can talk people down and that you're this savior of society and you can calm any situation down with this collectivism idea of treating those who actually have an aim to hurt others and shut down society you will end up on the wrong side. I, on the other hand, will be alive and thriving, maybe considered a race traitor, but alive nonetheless. You make a choice. And again, 18-year-old Brian Dowling was arrested 
and is charged with murder. Okay, so moving on to another story, we're going to go south here from New York down to Florida. A group of non-binary men invaded a tech hiring conference specifically for women with the aim of recruiting more women into the tech workforce in Florida. Now, the female attendees were outraged and angry and offended of the men's attendance. There were all kinds of outrage on social media about this, and it seems that in this case, all of a sudden, words had meaning. You see, when it comes to a women's-only conference, a women's-only gathering, the term woman all of a sudden became very exclusive to only include those born with female genitalia, those born with estrogen, those who had ovaries, fallopian tubes, cervix, and all the other plumbing at the time of birth. Wow. Now, all of a sudden, when there is an opportunity for workforce and hiring and women's only opportunities, now, all of a sudden, woman, female, means simply that, female. Didn't even put the prefix cis on it. Okay, they literally went back to the original and only definition of woman in this situation. So let me point out to everyone that it just seems to me that in the woke hierarchy, feminism clearly ranks highest. It has priority to the trans community and their issues. And the reason why I say that is because of the outrage. So. There were men standing in line to meet with recruiters. These non-binary identifying men were standing in line with women waiting for recruiters to pass off resumes and to discuss their qualifications and their interests and their experience and express, you know, a real desire to enter the tech force, the workforce there in Florida. And they identified as non-binary and you know, the real women were upset. Okay, so let me quote one of the women. They were just there just purely for the career fair. (laughs) Another woman was quoted saying, this is a space, I have to say it like they speak. Okay, let me try this now. This is a space for women in tech. This is one of the few limited resources that isn't for you. It's for us. (laughs) I mean, you have to laugh at this stuff. It's so absurd. And so what's happening here is when it comes down to the actual ideals, there's a hierarchy. And it's all about inclusion when it's time for writing and pillaging, when it's time to shut down highways on the large general social justice issues. But when it comes to quote unquote women's spaces, women's only, all of a sudden woman, women, female, then reverts back to its original and only definition. And I find this very interesting. Again, talking about that title of the cutting edge of collectivism, it's all a bust right? Which is what I said in my intro. When you get down to the bones of all this stuff, it's literally based on nothing, right? It's just, it's a sand hill. It's absolutely based on absurdity and nothing. And you tell 
you can tell I can't be certain. Okay. I can't be certain, but the way that last woman spoke, this is a space for women and tech. When you start saying things like spaces, is she more than likely? And I, you know, again, I can't be certain, but more than likely they tend to speak the same. This is a liberal woman. But when that invasion came and those men um, were standing there taking away opportunity from women, all of a sudden they are offended. Now, what's interesting about all of this, of course, as we look into this story and think about this, it's actually laughable because of the rules. See, they created the rules. With the trans community, the rules are that there are no rules. See, as non-binary, you don't have to identify as one or the other. You get to claim in the moment that you're female or male or alien or rabbit or ghost or what have you. You don't have to change your clothes. You don't have to shave your beard or your mustache. You don't have to, you know, lighten your voice or wear makeup. And so therefore, because of the rules that they created, they get to invade those spaces. And so this is collectivism, um, the cutting edge of collectivism. It's their theory, right? It's their ideologues actually cutting them. It's shooting them in their own foot. And I personally, you know, want to kind of praise the non-binary men for showing up and saying, hey, if you're going to create these rules, then we're going to actively participate in it and you can't say a thing. You know, this is all about voting having consequences, voting having consequences. If you want to go with this absurdity, then you have to accept all that's entailed, all that comes with it. And you can't revert back. Now, you do have an option. You can go back to common sense. We can go back to words having meaning, right? Male and female having its original and only definition. Keeping men out of locker rooms, right? Keeping men out of female um, gyms and female spaces. Yes, I'm using that word, spaces. Keeping men out of female sports, right? And we get back to words actually having meaning. When you do that, society corrects itself and behavior corrects itself and we're able to regulate and we don't have to deal with the absurd. And then you don't have to suffer your own absurd, stupid ideologues coming back to shoot you in the foot. Things are very simple and defined and easy. And so bathrooms are not a confusion. And male locker rooms and female locker rooms and sororities and fraternities and sports and the Olympics and so on and so forth are not a confusion because words have meaning. And so there you go. The cutting edge of collectivism shooting its own in the foot. Thanks for listening, folks. I appreciate you tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share, and leave a positive review. And remember, be bold, be strong, be faithful, be true. Till next time, I'm Cicely Davis.
The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.